this is a wonderful day. And we're so grateful that uh, Pastor and Brother from Serbia is here. And uh, we're just, one, it's, it's wonderful what God is doing in all of our lives and that he is bringing us together as the body of Christ. It's not, bring, it's not the American church. He's bringing the Serbian church, the Roman, Roma church, the Croatian church, or whatever, the British church, the Indian church, but he's bringing his church, his body. We're, we're not American Christians, are we? No, we're Christians who happen to live in America. Amen. And with that is a real responsibility that we all have to God and then to each other. I, I'm going to just speak of uh, Colonel Jerry Kemp's mantra that he gave to us, you know, like a refrain, a chorus. The mantra is like a chorus that you keep hearing, repeat it, repeat it. Uh, he gave that to us a number of years ago when he was telling me a story when he was uh, in one of our wars. And uh, it was, we're having this war, and he was a fighter pilot. And uh, he, was, he had a squadron of soldiers, of, of pilots, and they had a mission. And uh, the, uh, the, the enemy, quote-unquote, was pretty effective. They were firing some really strong ammo at them, and his plane was shot up very badly. And uh, the other guy said, uh, Major, what, he was a major at the time, he said, Major, what are we going to do? What do, we, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? He said, I know you're under fire, man, but complete your mission. Amen. And that, that resonates in me so much. And I, I'm sure when he was a major at that time, and his wife was always praying for him, uh, Sister Suzanne, who was here, uh, I know that she was always praying for him, but little did they know that that would inform a ministry around the world. Little did they know. God is so good. He's so amazing. And the mundane things that we do every day that we think no one notices, God notices. And you never know when you're going to affect someone's life and it's going to, to inform a worldwide ministry. Little did he know when he told me that story in our, in our kitchen at home when my wife used to invite everybody, the whole church over, and she would cook and I would I'd say to her, Hey, what's wrong with you? We don't have room for everybody in. Oh, it'll be all right. You know, uh, what if we run out of food? Oh, we won't run. We never ran out of food. Never ran out of space. But it was in one of those moments in the kitchen uh, that he told me that story. And it has informed my life. I wanted to inform your lives because no matter how much you're under fire, it's not like the devil is in, in control. It's not like the devil has upended God. It's not like you're going to just be totally demolished and destroyed. God says, complete your mission. I think that's what our sister Jadira was saying. Complete your mission. And don't be distracted. I, I want to talk to you briefly because our time has gone, but the Holy Spirit knew that when he gave me the message. He knew that he would move in such a way and that we would just respond to him, and he still gave me the message. Now, I don't know if I fully embraced everything that, that my wife has said concerning this, but she used to say, well, when you can't preach a message, that means it was for you. <laughs> so, 
I, I want to just share with you briefly, and I want to encourage you, just talk about the Lord a little bit. Talk about God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ a little bit. We need to be more informed or informed more so uh, concerning the Lord Jesus and, and concerning God our Father, uh, who God is and, and what has God done for us. And uh, We always say that, that he is the immutable or the unchangeable God. The way he was yesterday, he is today. He's not fickle. And uh, the Lord Jesus' sacrifice, I like to use the word, is so highly efficacious, efficacious, highly effective. And, and it is what he has done cannot be undone, can never be undone. So his calling you cannot be undone. He will never de uh, deny you because you have not denied him. And I'm going to say he has worked it to where it is in, in, uh, you are rather incapable of denying him. I'm not saying that churchgoers are incapable, but I believe that those of you and those of us who are born again, it is in, incapable. We have no capability of denying him. But, but sometimes we become faithless. We become uh, faithless. Our faith is very, very tiny. I know that we, we know the scripture that, that uh, even a grain, as a grain of mustard seed. So maybe sometimes our faith goes below the grain of mustard seed. So when we are faithless, he remains faithful. I want you to be encouraged by that. When you are faithless, he remains faithful. Uh, in uh, the book of Isaiah chapter 53, and I want to uh, apologize to Sister Rose. I, I changed my message in the middle of the night. <laughs> So, so everybody, you just go to Isaiah uh, 53. I'm, I'm speaking of the desire of all nations. Jesus is the, the desire of all nations. I believe that all nations, all people groups want somebody like Jesus. The problem is they don't want Jesus. They want somebody like him. You want somebody faithful, somebody who will love you no matter what. You want Jesus. You want somebody who rules in justice, uh, but you don't want Jesus. That's what, the way a lot of people are. And in Isaiah here, he says, Isaiah 51, 53, verse 1, he says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? So, and John says in John chapter 12, verse 37, and th verses 37 and 8, he says, But although he, Jesus, had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him. And the Lord Jesus is the one who has awakened us every day, but we don't believe in him so many. I'm saying we are uh, uh, abroad, we, not us, those of us who are believers. It says, uh, John says, they didn't believe in him that the word of his Isaiah, the prophet might be fulfilled, which Isaiah spoke. It says they did not believe in him because it had been prophesied. Prophecy is not making people do things. Prophecy foretells what they will do. And so what, what John is saying is that Isaiah, by the Spirit, had seen what they were going to do, told of it, and it happened just like that. So, so what happened in Isaiah, this is what the people were saying, Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? They were saying that. Because the people did not accept the word of God. You know, it's easy for us to accept the word of God when it agrees with us. Or when we agree with it. It's wonderful to accept. But can you accept the word of God when the word of God is rebuking you? Do you know that I still get spanked by God? 
He said, oh, I'm, sh- I'm shocked. I'm surprised. Oh, really? You are getting spanked by God if you're still alive. I get disciplined by God. I, I said to him, I want you to be a little stronger with me. I said, because I want to mature a lot faster than I'm I'm maturing. So I want you to be stronger with me. And I'll tell you, one day God was was strong with me. I couldn't take it. He had told me one day, he said, said, the reason I take you humans so slowly is because you're so delicate. And I thought, oh, that's them. That's not me. (laughs) And one day it was hard to survive that day. And so I yielded to the goodness of God. I yielded to the goodness of God. In Romans chapter 10, verses 16 through 18, the scripture reads, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes by hearing, and by hearing, and by hearing, but obeying. We're not hearing just to hear. We're not hearing just here. So let's look at Jesus, our wonderful Lord and our wonderful example. Lord, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed, the strength of the Lord, the authority of the Lord? To whom has it been revealed? Those of us who have received this revelation and we're born again, we know the arm of the Lord and the strength of the Lord and the ability of God. We know that those of us who are saved because we were once sinking deep in sin. The song says, far from the peaceful shore, we were, we were not just sinners. Sin had invaded us. It had taken over us. And Jesus came and he saved us. But, but look at him, who he was. He was not some person that we would say, oh, that's the Savior I want. He was not. God brought his son into the world to be one of us. He didn't bring him in to be a a Hollywood star. Listen what he says in verse 2. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. Now listen. And as a root out of dry ground. So, So Jesus did not have perfect circumstances, perfect conditions, as Pastor Misha spoke of just earlier. He did not have perfect surroundings. Sometimes when you don't have that, then sometimes you understand life better. Sometimes, you know, we want everything, and I love living in America. You know, I've I've testified of that. I love having climate control in our buildings, all of them. I love having cushioned seats. I do. I love having carpet. I love getting in my car, no matter if it's 102 degrees outside, I can make it 70. I mean, I love that. But I never forget Jesus. And if I don't have, amen. But, and I love traveling to the world to see what the world is like. And I'm glad that you send us because we minister to people who don't have perfect circumstances. Here, Jesus was a tender root uh, out of dry ground. He, he goes on to say he has no form or it's a stately form. He didn't have some stately form or comeliness or splendor surrounding him that, and, uh, And when we saw him, there was no beauty or appearance that we should desire him. So we weren't going to desire him and accept him because he looked like our ideal of what a God-sent person should look like. Wow. Then the, the, the writer goes on 
say in verse 3, he is despised and rejected, that is, forsaken by men, a man of sorrows or a man of pains, and acquainted with grief or sickness. He was always surrounded by people who were sick, and he was making them well, but he was acquainted with grief or sickness. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, looked down upon, and we did not esteem him. Then this uh, is so amazing. In verse 4 he says, Surely he has borne our griefs, he's borne our sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, our pains. Yet we esteemed him, stricken or smitten of God and afflicted. So, so what this means is, surely we, he bore our griefs, our sicknesses, he carried our pains, and we reckoned him the, stricken by God. We said, oh, he must have done something wrong. That's what humanity said. That's what those at the cross were saying. Look at him, look at him. You know, they mocked him. Oh, he's struck down by God. He's afflicted. The writer says, Isaiah says, no. But he was wounded or pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised or crushed for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes or his cutting blows, his stripes, we are healed. Not we were so much, but we are healed. So our, our salvation has come at great cost. And I don't want us to forget that. I don't want us to live such a good cushy life. And I love my air conditioning. I love it when it's cold outside. I don't have to endure the cold. I can endure the warm because I turn my thermostat up in the winter. I turn it down in the summer. I love when I go to the faucet. I don't have to have cold water. I can have warm water. I love that. But those things, those conveniences do not make me forget Jesus. Don't let this world, this life, this, the cushy things of a nation make you forget Jesus. And, and, and you know, I, I, I've got this message that God has given me. I remember when we first started the fellowship, my wife and I came back here from, from Egypt to start the church. And I met up with Pastor Stan. And uh, was with, uh, called him over because he didn't want to come whenever we started the church. And then I, we had another brother we met up who found out, George Garcia. And we were, we were the three people together. And it was a wonderful, wonderful time of preaching with George and Stan and me. And so uh, one day George made a comment, and I've told you this before. He said, God gives a, a person a message and they will preach that message all their life. And I thought, it's nuts. That's crazy. That's not, that's not going to happen to me. I'm not going to preach the same message. So it doesn't matter where I am in the Bible. I am always pulling, the, calling the people of God back to God. I, I've noticed that. I say, God, I'm always doing that. No matter where, whether I'm in, in Matthew or Daniel or, or Genesis, Exodus, Revelation, I find something that says, come back to God. Leave those earthly things behind, those temporary things, temporal things. Leave them and come to God. Full bore. Full bore. Come to God. And I found that. So, George, you were right. You were right, George. He was, 
He was bruised, crushed for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. We are healed of sin. We're healed of shame. We're healed of, of degradation going down, down, down to continue going down forever throughout eternity. We're healed from that. That will never be our portion. Thank you, Jesus. But, but then the, 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 the prophet says in verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. Now, y'all, I would just do, do me this favor quickly and look around at each other. All of us have gone astray. We like sheep have gone astray because sheep are always going astray. We, we, this is what we do. And I'm, I want to do this. I, I don't want you to get angry with me. I don't want you to say, that's it. That's it. I've had it. You know, don't do that because I really love you. But we're like, we're like sheep. We'll follow whoever's going out in front. You know, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, the, it's the nuttiest thing I've ever seen. It's the nuttiest thing I've ever seen. That here are people who have the everlasting word of God. We, we've got, as my pastor used to say, we have the last thing that came out of heaven, the Holy Spirit. And here we are, the last thing that came out of heaven, he said, the Holy Spirit. And here we are following men without the Spirit. I've got some problems with it. It informs me. Come on, everybody. Come on, somebody. I think Brother Robert says that. Come on, everybody. Come on, somebody, you know. All right, I'm almost, I'm almost there. And he is, uh, um, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Or caused, God has caused to land on him. It was intentional. The iniquity of us all. All of our misdeeds, every one. That's why the Bible tells us don't go around sinning because when we do that, we crucify Christ afresh. Amen? Amen? It's kind of tough for 830, isn't it? I know. I feel it. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened out his mouth. I, I prayed that for, for maybe at least 65 years. Lord, help me to keep my mouth shut. I guess none of y'all have had that problem. I mean, I'm good. Sometimes I come out of a Holy Ghost field service. I'm fine. But about eight or nine hours from that, help me to keep my mouth shut. I don't have to answer everything that somebody says against me. Help me to be quiet, Jesus. I'm now 75. <laughs> I want to be better at 76. And the painful reality is at 75, I'm better than I was at 65, but I still need some help. Come on, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened out his mouth. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are and for what you've done. Mm. Thought, Lord, God, I, I thank you for Jesus. And I thank you that he is our example. He is the pattern son. He is the son that you are making all of us to conform to. And Lord, he is the one who has pleased you. He's the son of your love. And I pray that this short message has helped somebody. I pray that it's helped some sinner to see that he is really bad. Because if the saints are still growing, what about the man who's never known Jesus? Lord, he is in a bad position. So I ask you to help him and help us through Christ Jesus.
Amen. I'll be back in a minute.